thank you for making this investment in your life today. This is your lead pastor, Mike Signorelli. And I also wanted to thank you for your financial commitment. And I wanna thank you for your weekly commitment to share these broadcasts with people around the world. Do you know that because you gave and because you shared, we have reached a record number of people in the last month? We've got testimonies pouring in every single day. And I attribute that to your commitment, your commitment to this house and your commitment to the kingdom of God here on earth. It's needed like never before. Before we actually jump into this sermon, I actually wanted to share with you that weeks ago, the Holy Spirit told me, Mike, I want you to tell my people that they need to learn how to abide in my presence all day long. You know, I didn't quite understand, but as I saw things unfold in our nation, it made total sense. He was preparing us in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the storm, how to abide in his presence. So I want you to listen to these seven daily rituals, and I want you to be challenged to install that structure in your life. I've got a very special message for you on the other end of this sermon, so I'll see you then. Take a listen now. V1 Church, this is your lead pastor, Mike Signorelli. Let's reverence the reading of the word. Today's scripture text is coming from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 27. I invite you to listen and follow along with me now. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear even more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. We live in a world that is in chaos right now, in desperate need of reconciliation, healing, restoration, and real tangible change. God, hear our desperate cries during this service The church united across every home, hospital, every workplace as essential workers are leaning into these messages and even overseas, God, where they're joining in. Father, united as V1 Church, the wild ones, the ones that believe that there can be this radical new expression, this way to do life that's somehow ancient and somehow new at the same time. Father, bring us into that life today. True life, true living through your son, Jesus. And the entire church said, amen, amen. Well, you know, I've got a six-year-old and uh, recently she, she came to me and Everly said, dad, do you know how to solve this Rubik's cube? And I just wanna explain something about being a dad. Um, when you're a dad, you can like do things that are totally normal for your age group, but your kid's age group gets their mind blown. So there's something about like being a dad that's like way more rewarding than any other relationship because your kids think that you are a magician. Like they, they think that you're a wizard. They think that you're amazing, incredible. And so when she handed me the Rubik's Cube, I'm like, yeah, of course, Everly, six-year-old, I got this. 
And uh, after a few minutes, I realized I had no idea what I was doing. So I took it back to the office with me, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen. So for this entire week, I have been fidgeting, and I've been spinning and turning this thing. And just to be totally honest with you, it's in a worse condition than I got. Like, more of these dots matched when I got it than they do right now. And obviously, I, I would like refuse to go on YouTube and, and watch a video about a strategy. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get a ton of tutorials on how to, to do this. Um, but I, Everly, if you're watching right now, your, your dad's a failure. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I have no idea how to solve a Rubik's Cube. And, and what I noticed to happen is that the more I tried, the worse it got. And I'm starting to realize that whether it's the racial divides that we're encountering here in America and, and people are experiencing racism around the world, whether it's COVID-19 and this global pandemic, a virus that we still don't have any kind of antidote for, any kind of vaccine. It almost seems as if on a daily basis, I'm watching politicians spin the Rubik's Cube. I'm watching talking head news reporters spin the Rubik's Cube, and, and everyone is trying to corner the market on a truth for a problem that they still don't know how to solve. And I wanted to tell you as a church, that we do have an answer. And the answer's always been there right in front of us. And, and even though sometimes maybe in your personal life, man, I just wanna be a better mother. Oh, I, and you're spinning this Rubik's Cube and, and you're like, I think I can get it this time and I'll get the laundry done today and I'll also homeschool my kids and they'll get 100% on their tests. And sometimes if you're just a working class guy and you're showing up every day, you're like, man, I'm gonna try to drink a little less today and, and maybe I'll read my Bible because we've been talking about that in my connect group and, and you're spinning the Rubik's Cube of life and, and you're listening to Joe Rogan and you're listening to you know, I don't know, Gary Vanderchuk, and you're, you're listening to, to the gurus, and, and you're like, I keep, I keep, man, Tony Robbins told me if I spin the Rubik's Cube like this, um, and if I do this, and, and, you're, and then sometimes you just have this moment where you, you kind of take a step back and realize, I think it's worse than when I started. And you know, we're living in a broken world right now, a world that I'm, quite frankly, disgusted to raise my daughters in. And when I was preparing for this sermon, I actually thought it was foolish. I, I thought what the Holy Spirit was telling me to tell you, because I'm gonna give you seven daily practices to abide with the presence of God. And to be honest with you, as I was preparing for this weeks ago, I thought it was like one of, one of the dumbest messages I could ever preach. I'm like, God, where do I scream? Like, where, where do I go off? Like, where's the big analogy? But you know, when you read John chapter 15, verse one through 27, and Jesus gives this description about abiding. He, he explains it in terms of the vine. And he says that, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, this sermon is about how to abide in the presence of God. And at first, it just seemed like something practical as we go through chaos in our personal lives. But now I'm realizing that when you look at the riots, when you look at 
the conversations, you know, I'm, I'm being nice, arguments that are happening on social media. If you look at the fact that we have a record number of people applying for unemployment who have no idea what to do financially, if you, if you look at the fact that here in my neighborhood in Queens, there's lines wrapped around the block for, for good people, hardworking people who are holding a bag open waiting for food to be distributed and they didn't have to stand in that line months ago. We need to learn how to abide and this is more than practical, it's survival. And, and, and so a rule of life has to be installed just like in order for a vine to grow, a lattice has to be installed. And I hope you're following with me and, and getting ready to take notes because I'm gonna give you in the next several minutes this, this structure, this lattice, these seven daily practices that we're gonna install in our life so that the vine can actually grow in such a way that it produces more fruit and isn't just a pile on the ground that produces significantly less fruit. And, and we need this to our lives because there's the kind of peace that comes when you structure and order your life in such a way that creates space to abide, to abide. Um, we're moving from chaos as a church to order. And I believe that the church should be at the forefront of reconciliation. It should be at the forefront of diversity. It should be at the forefront of innovation. I mean, we should be the new renaissance where the world says, corporate America says, come on, the arts and humanity says, we gotta go look and see what V1 Church is doing because there's something supernatural in their midst. But oftentimes, the supernatural is intimately connected to the natural. I mean, according to the biblical narrative, um, you don't have a body you are a body. And these seven daily practices are gonna become the structure, the lattice that the vine begins to grow. And, and I believe that it's gonna be so practical, it's gonna be profound. I believe that it's gonna be so practical that it becomes supernatural in its manifestation. So you ready to take notes? Number one is this. Church, as your lead pastor, I'm asking you to start every single day in quiet and scripture reading before you start your day. And listen, if you're a parent and, and you've got young kids, and just like I do, that, that may be a very difficult thing to do, but I can promise you, if you can just wait to grab your phone, and, and I don't mean reading scripture on your phone, I actually mean reading it on, on this. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a book without notifications. And, and I, I think it's gonna be so important for you to start your day in quiet. This is how Jesus started his day. The only thing the disciples formally asked Jesus to teach them was how to pray. And, it's, and, and the Bible gives an account that he went away from his disciples every single day into a quiet place. And so they, they somehow understood that all the rest of the power that they saw manifested in Jesus' life was rooted in that quiet time. For me, and I'm just gonna be very transparent for the sake of this helping somebody, I have to sometimes pretend like I'm still sleeping so nobody messes with me, but I'm actually just laying in my bed completely still praying and spending time with God. And that's what life looks like for me. That's my rule of life. So that's number one. Start the day in quiet and praying and, and, and reading scripture before you grab your phone, before you start your day. Number two is this. Start a ritual of gratitude. Start a ritual of gratitude. 
And we're going to do this as an entire church. I mean, what would happen if you wrote down three things in the morning that you are grateful for and then discuss those three things with your children at their dinner table or with your parents or even if you are FaceTiming friends during dinner so that you're a little less lonely during this pandemic. But it's so easy to focus on this scarcity mentality and what we don't have and what we've lost through this season. And many of us have lost a lot. But, but what would it look like to, to enter his courts with thanksgiving? Enter his courts. What does that mean to enter this spiritual dimension, this place where you abide in him and the doorway is open with gratitude? And so make a daily practice of writing three things down that you're grateful for and then talking about them with your family in the evening. Number three, and this is something that I've had to find some unique solutions for, exercise or just simply go for a walk every day. You know, sometimes the most important thing you could do is instead of going back up into your head to solve a problem, you, you should go down into your body. And, and I need the reminder of this all the time. And actually, like, I, I have the YMCA here in Queens, and I, I go, I, that's been, that was one of my daily rituals. And I'll be honest, I pretty much went just for the sauna. <laughs> I love sitting in a sauna, but uh, they closed down. And I, I, so I actually bought bands, and I'm doing resistance bands uh, in my bedroom. And it's super weird, but I'm doing it. And, and I've also found that going on walks has helped. Um, as a matter of fact, I canvass my neighborhood with prayer and I listen into the homes around me and, and I, and I kind of just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you doing in this neighborhood that I can partner with? What are you doing in the lives of the people around me that I can partner with? And, and I would hate for Pastor Mike to be this incredibly powerful preacher that changed the world but lost his neighborhood. Um, so what if you just took a walk every day now that the weather's better? So that's number three. Um, again, I know this is like one of the weirdest sermons, but, but you know, this, this concept is called a rule for life. And this used to be a very normal thing in the church after the fall of the Roman Empire. It was a time of great chaos politically, and it actually provoked a time of order. So, and they, they found this, this way of doing daily practices that installed the structure that their vine could create space to abide with the presence of God. Here's number four, and, and this is so important. Number four, create a daily focal practice. Now, let me explain. So, something that draws your attention to the moment. And for, for my family and I, it's been playing the game Uno. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I have a six-year-old, a 13-year-old, and then uh, my, my adult wife. See how I saved myself there? And there's something about Uno that has become this unifying factor. And when we're playing Uno, the whole world around us could be in chaos, but there's something about Uno that's a focal practice for our home, and it draws our attention to the moment. Um, maybe it's chess. Maybe it's gardening. Um, you know, I'll just be honest. If you're, if you're married, maybe it's making love to your spouse, and that becomes comes a focal point and that's been missing. And uh, I don't know why it's making me emotional to talk about that, but there's something about, there's something about chaos that draws you away from the moment. There's, it, and it gets your head into this fake future that doesn't even exist yet and it produces anxiety. And so there's something about these sacred practices that I'm trying to help you install in your life. And I, I know this is unlike any other sermon I've ever preached, but if you can install these seven things, I believe your life can be different. You can learn how to abide. 
because I, I wonder if, if in all these situations that we're encountering in our culture and all these news uh, articles and, and, and the footage that we're seeing, if, if people had installed the infrastructure for abiding with the presence of God in their daily existence, what, what would things, how would things be different? Here's another one. Number five, a re- create a relational touch point daily. You know, as I've gotten older, I've noticed that I don't call my mom uh, as often. And uh, obviously my dad has passed away. And so I started trying to push myself to connect with my mom every day and just create a, a relational touch point. I'm extremely introverted, and so if you give me the option between uh, reaching out to someone or, or, or not, I'm gonna choose not. So I installed this daily practice of like reaching out to somebody uh, daily. Create a relational touch point where you say every day I'm gonna just reach out to somebody intentionally. Not the people you see at work, not the people you have to see, but the people that, that, may, that remind you of who you are. I guess that would be how I'd look at at number five. Number six is this, limit your intake of news to one or two times a day. So that may look like, hey, in in part of my morning routine, I'm gonna start with quiet and scripture reading, and then I'm gonna, I don't know how how I ended up sweating through this message, (laughs) but but I'm gonna limit it. I'm just gonna consume the news in the morning and maybe check it again at night briefly, but I'm not gonna binge it. I'm not gonna let it dominate. Um, You know, the the, the way that news is crafted, and I used to actually teach journalism, I believe, believe it or not, is that, uh, you know, it's 24 hours news cycle and, and they have to do whatever they can to keep, the, keep you enthralled with it. And so it's appropriate to, to watch news just once or twice a day. And then that creates this, this lattice that the, again, creates space for abiding. And so you're not consuming too much of their opinion and miss God's opinion in the midst of it. Um, and, and, or other people's opinion. And then here's the last one. Number seven, limit your screen time and escapist behaviors. And here's what I mean by that. When you're, when you're under pressure, you will try to escape the pressure. And what God usually does is allows pressure in our life to reveal the cracks in our foundation so we can fill the cracks. But rather than filling the cracks, we attempt to remove the pressure. And we do that through escapist behavior. And you're looking at one of the great escapists that you'll ever meet. And I've had to learn that alcohol and sugar and even social media are not a a proper behavior for escaping. As a matter of fact, um, if you limit Limit your screen time, you'll find that your well-being increases uh, because, um, you know, we, we say this all the time, but they call it literally your news feed. And, and so when you're scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever, like in a very literal way, it's feeding you. The Bible says that your eyes are the window to your soul. And so you don't just eat through your mouth, you eat through your eyes and you're consuming so much. So to limit that and then also limit your alcohol and sugar and social media, these escape, like to say, I'm not going to go that. If you were to install these seven practices, you would start to see on a daily basis, John chapter 15 verses one through 27 fulfilled in your life. You 
would start to abide. I'm abiding in him. He's abiding in, abiding in me. And then because of that, I can bear much fruit. I can bear much fruit. Now, I want to end the sermon on giving you three weekly practices, and then we're going to pray. So you have seven daily practices and just three weekly practices. Number one, every day at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m., we offer prayer on our Instagram. If you were to just one day a week commit, whatever day works best for you, that you're going to show up for that prayer on Instagram and just pray with one of our pastors that's praying, your life would be different. And so that's a weekly practice. Number two is virtual community. More than just the touch point, it's actually being surrounded by a group of people and you share each other's burdens. At V1 Church, we call those connect groups. And actually, we've had a record number of signups since the pandemic started. And people are feeling so much freedom and receiving healing as a result. And the last thing, number three, and this is a weekly practice now, is practice Sabbath. Practice it which means do you have intentional time? I think Sunday's a great great time to do that where you are, you are taking an intentional break from work, an intentional break from striving, an intentional break from trying to figure it all out, and you're just simply saying, we're gonna watch church, stream it on our television. We're gonna, you know, last week I did the V1 Kids service with my daughters and I did the dance with them. And I said, this is Sabbath for dad. The benefit of not being in both services uh, as an adult is I can do the kids service too now. And so I'm just intentionally Sabbathing. And if I don't know if Sabbathing's a word, but I just made it one. And so if you haven't, those three weekly practices, show up for prayer one time, one time a week, and you have 7 a.m. or 7 p.m., show up to a virtual community on a Monday or Tuesday night and uh, in a connect group, sign up, and there's sign-ups actually in the comments. And number three, practice Sabbath. Allow yourself, give yourself that. And, and if you can do these things, you will create abiding in your life. Because I believe that if you'll pause and take a moment in the morning before you grab your phone, before you talk to your, your, your spouse, before you think about work, and you say, God, I'm gonna be quiet, I'm gonna listen, and I'm gonna let you speak. I can tell you this, he's gonna speak. You're gonna know. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, be still and know. And that, that word and connects both of those ideas in a way that's irrevocably disconnectable. <laughs> in other words, it's sometimes very hard to know if you first won't be still. And so I believe in this moment, I call them a Selah moment. We can be still and know right now. I'm gonna be, I'm actually gonna be holding three national conversations on race. Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. I want you to stay tuned on all the V1 channels to watch. I've had very prominent pastors invite me uh, to give my perspective on this issue. And I believe I'm gonna echo many of the sentiments that you all have shared with me and that we've given platform to in the last several days because I believe that it's a very necessary conversation as our, our world is in crisis. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, join me for those national conversations. 
nations because our world is hurting, but we need to invite the presence of God into our daily existence and abide in Him. And if we can do that, then we leave that place and we face all this systemic evil. We face all of this evil in our family, evil in our daily life, just like Jesus faced it when he was in the flesh, but he had a practice of abiding. So let's pray together. Father, I pray for every single person whose heart is being set at ease right now, who's feeling your peace that surpasses all understanding who's making a decision that true revival starts when we learn how to abide. Abiding is the new revival. Abiding is the new revival. The reformation, the change that we seek in this earth cannot be separated from the demand of abiding in your presence, God. And so, Lord, as we abide this week, as we engage in these seven daily practices, Let them be the rituals and the rhythms that create the space for your presence in our lives that we so desperately need as you heal our hearts, heal our nation, heal our world, and prepare the church to be at the forefront of all things new. In Jesus' name, come on, V1 Church. Can everybody just give me an amen, amen. Well, thank you so much for sticking around this far. I believe that you took some good notes, you've been challenged, and you're ready to make a tangible change in your life. You know, it's never been more important to abide in the presence of God all day long. And there's a peace that comes with that. So here's what I want you to do. Refresh someone else as God has refreshed you. How do you do that? Well, there's two ways. One. Go to our website, v1.church, and consider partnering financially so that we can reach more people. And number two, I want you to share this podcast episode with four friends that the Holy Spirit brings to mind. All right, I'll see you on the next broadcast.